0: Jimmy T. Buckets. Kobe Bryant. Jimmy Butler. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> right
1: nice Jimmy Butler. Kobe Bryant picked up by foul. There's the move. Two.
0: score going. let Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Oh, right good. Right amazing. The the He's amazing.
2: On this episode of NBA Now and Then, The Greatest Comparisons, we compare two of the most driven players to ever take a basketball
1: court. This NBA legend was as committed to winning as he was to the team he played for. Their games centered around relentless work ethic.
2: His rise to NBA stardom came from humble beginnings with the ability to hit the biggest shots in the biggest moments. These guys led their teams to plenty of improbable wins through sheer will. We are honored to present to you Kobe Bryant and Jimmy Butler. I'm Uriah. I'm Maurice. I'm Lucas. And I'm Ben. And we're here to talk NBA now and then. Okay, we are now in episode five of our Hall of Fame archive. I've been looking forward to this for months, guys, because well for obvious reasons. But let me just preface our little intro with this, because a lot of true NBA hoop heads out there are probably calling this comparison blasphemous, because how dare anybody compare anybody to Kobe other than the great Michael Jordan. But let me no. just say this. By no means are we trying to create an argument where Jimmy Butler could ever be considered better than Kobe. That's not what this is about in some episodes, too. It's not about who's better. Essentially, we are here because we're asking ourselves which player today is most like Kobe Bryant. And I think people, if they put it into that perspective, they'll understand where we're coming from. Does that does that make sense to you guys? Yeah,
3: yes, absolutely.
2: it does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, let's start with Ben. Ben, why are we comparing Jimmy Butler to Kobe today? I think with
3: Kobe, you think winning in seven finals appearances. So, what you just said, there's a lot of young guards that you could compare to Kobe, but part of Kobe's pedigree is the finals appearances, the championships, through through different iterations, through different decades. Jimmy's made two finals and many conference finals, so he didn't win the chip yet, but mm-hmm. he is the guy, most similar skilled-wise, that has been making NBA finals. Yeah, good point. Lucas, what about you?
4: Look, for me, it goes to... Why we're comparing them is focused primarily on how they step up during the playoffs. These two guys in in more recent NBA history take their game to another level and take their team to another level during the playoffs and outperform, especially on the side of Jimmy Butler, what's expected during the regular season.
1: And Maurice? The true comparison between Jimmy Beller and Kobe Bryant, I would say, is more mental than anything else. Ooh. I think mm. mentally, they're both the strongest, toughest players that we've seen in a long time. We talk about the Mamba mentality. Well, Jimmy Butler has his own mentality as well. You see that in the playoffs every single year where he can, by will, sheer will, carry his team past what our expectations of that team would be in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, everything that you guys mentioned, I I can agree with. I look at these players and if you go back to the beginning of their careers, I think the one thing that's interesting to me is they both took a while to flourish. It's not like they came into the league like LeBron and just was handling business and doing things that uh, people didn't expect. And as far as, I guess, mechanics, exceptional body control, both of these guys and the mentality is one thing, but I would also add to that the intensity of their focus. When these guys are in a zone, don't go anywhere near them.
1: <laughs> like, just don't. Right. Because Correct. you're yeah. going to
2: feel their wrath, especially if you're a teammate in practice. And I'm sure uh, there's some stories that Maurice will get into with teammates later. But yeah. all right, let's get into it. First quarter, Background. All right, it's time to talk about Hemi Butler, a.k.a. Jimmy G. Buckets, a.k.a. Playoff Jimmy. But before he was tagged those nicknames, he was born Jimmy Butler III on September 14, 1989, in Tomball, Texas. It's been well documented that Jimmy Butler didn't have his father in his life growing up. He was also kicked out of his house by his mother when he was 13. But he was taken in by a family of one of his high school teammates. In an interview with Chicago Magazine, Jimmy opened up about his upbringing. He emphasized how he doesn't like to discuss his past because, well, he just doesn't like looking back. True or false, guys? Jimmy Butler hates reliving the past so much that he removed the
4: rearview mirror in his car. True or false? I'm going to say true. That sounds like something he would do. Yeah, that's too specific. That's true.
1: I'm going to say false just because legally, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy I doesn't was care about that.
2: Jimmy caring about traffic violations? I don't know. Well, doesn't he have a minivan or something? Who knows? Yeah, no. One time he, drew, Does, he, he, he drove Did he
1: really? Yeah. Oh, okay. With those chicken shaggle balls right. in
2: Yeah. Well, the answer is true. That was very specific. But anyway, so let's get to basketball. In high school- Jimmy Butler was the best player on his team. According to NBA.com, he was a two time letter winner at Tomball High, where Jimmy averaged 19.9 points a game. Over under for rebounds in high school, Jimmy Butler, I'll give you over under seven per game.
3: Lucas? It got to be over. He's too much ben. of a dog. Ben? Uh, I'm going to
1: say under because, yeah, just because. <laughs> just because. Just because. <laughs> I'm going to say under. Um, I don't know what his height was, but I'm going to say under as well.
2: That's an interesting factor. I didn't even think of that. The height might have something to do with it. But in this case, go ahead and gloat, Lucas. You are right. He, is, uh, uh, he had uh, 8.7 rebounds a game in high school.
4: He's as just too senior- much of a dog. It doesn't matter about the height.
2: Yeah, that's true. As a senior, he earned first-team all-district honors, and he was also a team captain during his senior season. Let's talk a little bit about what we just learned about his pre-college years, Maurice. Anything stand out to you about his upbringing?
1: Yeah, that's a pretty tough upbringing. It's hard to really even talk about that without being in that situation. But um, just thankful for him that he landed somewhere where he got the the love necessary and the and the, the proper parenting and tutelage to you know grow up and become a a collegiate athlete and then a professional athlete
3: yeah I feel like there hasn't been enough about that story it's yeah it's good that he had had a friend I I think that I think I read that the friend was on his team too so it was like a teammate I, I'd love to know more about that family I'd love to mo- know more about that journey so um because Jimmy Butler he's crazy but he, he seems like a really upstanding guy for me it just kind of explains a little bit about why he is who he is
4: he he's he has a good moral compass, in my opinion, just based off of what we know. Yet, he's one of the most hardest working people in the NBA. That's why we're doing this. Com- this is part of the reason why we're doing this comparison. Coming from that type of background where nothing is given to you, it makes a lot of sense.
2: Being raised in that situation or going from instability to stability with the help of a family friend or a teammate's family is special. It's unique. In the article that I read, he's very grateful for that family taking him in, Ben. You mentioned high school teammate. But just wanted to let you guys know, in case you're wondering, he does have a relationship with his father. He did reconcile and even with his mother. So I think Jimmy's in a better place when it comes to his family. That's good. All right. So let's now talk about his transition to college. So Jimmy Butler, believe it or not, was not widely recruited. The only school. The only school interested in his basketball skills was Tyler Community College in Tyler, Mm. Texas. Butler spent a season at Tyler Junior College where he averaged 18.1 points, a little over seven and a half rebounds and three assists before transferring to Marquette. Yep. Now, as a sophomore, did he come off the bench or was he a starter his first year? Maurice, what do you think? Bench.
4: Bench bench but
3: i have a fun fact about his marquette days after you're done okay ben bench because i remember i remember he there's some nba players on his team Mm -hmm. okay you guys are right he came off the bench he had to uh
2: pay his dues with bottled pennies right his numbers are not like astronomical at all he averaged just five and a half points a little under four rebounds by his senior year at Marquette, he averaged close to 16 points, six boards to assist. He helped lead his team to the Sweet 16 his final year. Finally, he earned all Big East honorable mention in his junior and senior seasons. He eventually declared himself for the NBA draft, where he was chosen by the Chicago Bulls.
3: With the 30th pick in the 2011 draft, The Chicago Bulls select Jimmy Butler from Marquette University. This is the end of the first round. And I want to thank all of you fans for your enthusiasm, and
5: I want to thank Prudential Center for its hospitality. The second round of the
2: 2011 NBA draft will be conducted by NBA Deputy
1: Commissioner Adam Silver.
2: All right, so what comes to mind after hearing that, that clip and hearing some of his college stats? Lucas, go ahead.
4: He did have a couple of NBA players on his team. One of them still currently in the NBA. Do you guys know who it is? Udonis Aslan. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a hint. He's still playing in the same state that he went to college in. Can we get a little more of a hint? It's a 3&D guy. I forget his name. It's um. He's on the Bucks. Jay Crowder, guys, uh, come yeah. on. Oh, that's right. I oh, knew. Jay Crowder, yeah. Lazar, oh. uh, Hayward was another one. He was in the league for a couple of years. Okay, um, But the real interesting fact is that in in college, he played multiple times against a current NBA head coach. You know who uh, that head coach is? I know who that is? is. Missoula. I know who that is. Yeah, Missoula. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. West Virginia. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool to think about. If you think about it like that, they actually – You know, they just met again in the, you know, Eastern Conference Finals this past year. Yeah, absolutely. So Jimmy got the best of Missoula again.
1: I do remember watching, seeing a couple of Marquette games on, and like you said, the stats don't really jump out at you. But you seen that he was a really good NBA prospect, 3-and-D. You know he can give you something offensively. You could have seen the prototypical 2-3 wing player that can be successful in the NBA.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised. he uh, – Uriah, you listed off his accolades, and I don't know if the Big East wasn't, although Kemba was in that draft, was drafted pretty high with UConn. But um, the Big
4: East was at the end of its rope. It was last year. Yeah, the, the, I guess the, it was the weak. College that, football stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that he made the Sweet Sixteen, uh, had Big East honors, and six eight can handle and defend, I w- I'm a little surprised he slid to thirty. Given like, well, sort he of didn't your, have a consistent outside shot. That that's that's, that's why. Okay, yeah.
1: yeah. Offensively, he wasn't there yet. <laughs> yeah, but you, at least defensively, you knew that he can be an NBA player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: yeah, the handle was always there. The size and the the ball handling, though, I'm surprised he fell to thirty. Yeah, I love his story. That whole journey, starting from the bottom
2: and making his way up to the top. Uh, one thing that is interesting in my research is that Jimmy Butler meant so much to that community in Texas that later on in 2018 city councilman John Nix declared September 8th 2018 Jimmy Butler Day. Wow. So that's that's a pretty big deal when you have a day named after you. Definitely and also he great. this might be kind of understandable. He majored in communications at Marquette so Jimmy kind of knew that he would be in front of the camera one day. And look, mm-hmm. when he's done his career, we know he's going to be on TV somewhere doing
4: something. I, yeah, Podcasting, I feel, is going to be more his thing than TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: that
3: would that I would could be see good. him like if one of, the, one of the inside guys retires. I don't know. I could see him. I
2: could see Jimmy doing movies.
3: I could see yeah. him being. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was in friends a good with point. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. 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 That's a good point, actually. Yeah, <laughs> He's
4: already an entrepreneur with his uh, wine business. And coffee. Coffee too, yeah.
3: yeah. No, it's like, does he have wine or is it just coffee? I, I think remember. it's it's probably both. What's the deal with his coffee? It's like $30. I've never it's had apparently it. It's fairly, very high quality. Okay. Apparently. Like, I heard it's just expensive.
2: Ben is in Hollywood. I could see Ben co starring in a movie with Jimmy Butler. How cool would that be? <laughs> That's,
3: yeah. That would be cool. It's probably be some action movie. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's switch.
2: It's time to talk about the Black Mamba, a.k.a. the Showboat, a.k.a. KB-24, a.k.a. Lord of the Rings. Didn't know that even existed. But before he got those nicknames, he was born Kobe Bean Bryant on August 23rd, 1978 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Kobe Bryant is the son of former NBA player Joe Jelly Bean Bryant.
4: Does anyone
2: know where Kobe's name comes from? I don't
4: know maybe it's a european thing his family traveled abroad right so right, maybe that right. Maurice
2: then Kobe beef yeah but where's that beef from japan yeah, yeah. japan okay yeah exactly so there's a uh, an area in japan i think it's a city or or a province something called kobe and that's where his dad got his name young kobe spent some of his childhood in italy as was mentioned europe when his dad played in the Italian League. Now, he grew up with two older sisters who were also really into sports. Kobe was a big-time basketball and soccer enthusiast growing up. I don't know if you guys knew that. In 1991, Bryant moved back to Philadelphia, where Kobe joined the Lower Marion High School basketball team, where he won multiple state titles, and he put up monster numbers. In Kobe's senior year alone, He averaged 30.8 points a game, 12 rebounds, six and a half assists, four steals, and 3.8 block shots a game. Over, under, guys, here we go. Kobe's high school career high for points in a game, over, under 55. Over. 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 All right. (laughs) What? Whoa, wow. So, believe it or not, Kobe, and, and I. Like, if you go to basketball reference, they actually have every single game listed for Kobe's high school career. So I I looked through the numbers, and he scored 50 points twice his senior year. Never got the 55. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. I would think the same thing. Another over-under. This time, let's go to the championship game his senior year. Now, they won the championship, but if you were to guess over-under 24 points in that game, would you say over, under Kobe scored? Let's go with Maurice.
1: I'm going to give it to Kobe. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say under.
4: I'm going to say
2: under. Kobe scored 17 points in the Dang. championship game. Yeah. yeah I hell? think he's
3: probably being triple teamed. So, yeah. 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 Oh. And
2: on top of that, Ben, it was a low scoring game. If you look at all the scores from Lower Marion that year, every, it was like in the 70s and 80s. The championship game was 48 to 43. Really low-scoring wow. game. Yeah. Who,
3: who'd they play? Who was it against? Good
2: question. Uh, It was some team with Erie, Erie, yeah. Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So as far as his accolades, obviously he was Naismith High School Player of the Year. Back then, guys, I don't know if you remember it, Kobe was a big deal. I mean, the dude hmm. took Brandy to hmm. his prom, like the yeah. R&B singer. So he was a big deal. Gatorade Men's National Basketball Player of the Year, USA Today All-USA First Team Player, and McDonald's All-American. So Kobe was an outstanding academic student. He scored high on his SATs. He was bilingual. But he decided to go straight to the NBA from high school. He was highly recruited as a senior, obviously, by Duke University and UNC does anyone know which college he would have chosen had he not turned pro?
4: Uh, I heard Temple. North Carolina? Uh, I'll go with an oddball here. I'm going to say Georgetown. Georgetown. I'm well, surprised you didn't you say West Virginia. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, yeah.
4: I know that our basketball program has not been all that great. I'm no, willing to admit Kobe that. would
2: not be a Mountaineer. That would not we happen in a million here, years.
4: Okay, I, I've anyway, already admitted defeated here.
2: So the answer was North Carolina. The second part of that question is, why would he choose UNC? I'm curious if you know why he I would mean, pick I mean, I think Charles. the
4: MJ connection there is pretty That's what pretty
2: you would easy. think.
1: Yeah, That's what I you would, would think. I would, I would think Dean Smith. Well, hold, up.
4: hold up, hold up. Didn't that same team have like Antoine, Jameson, Vince yep. Carter? Because they were the this... 95 class. They yeah. were Shane Wallace, so yeah. Do
2: you have a theory, about Why would he pick UNC?
3: It's the MJ. Because that was his favorite player. No, he just okay. said a, you would think that, but it's not that. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, a things, theory. Um, He... What's the theory? He hates Duke. I don't know. <laughs> I have no a idea. A lot of people hated Duke back in the day. Yeah.
2: This is from an interview he had, I think, with Jimmy Kimmel. I can't remember. Ooh. But he said, and I quote, Why North Carolina? Vince Carter. He nah. was one of the top guards in the country at the time. <laughs> And Kobe said, I want to play against him every single day. So now, as we know, Kobe was selected in the NBA draft straight out of high school.
3: With the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania.
5: A coming out party for the high school kid. Kobe Bryant meeting with the approval of that Charlotte fan in attendance here. And Hubie, this is a guy whose stock has risen every time he's tried out. People like this
4: kid. Well, everyone writing when he first came out, well, he's going to have to bulk up. This guy is 200 pounds at six. Foot six. He is an offensive whiz. He's very, very talented. He has all pro moves. And when when you you look at him, you're talking about a young man
1: with range. He can go off the dribble. He can get his shot. And in every place that he worked out, nothing but raves. No one talking
4: about any shortness or a weakness in his game.
3: Jerry West told me today that greatness lies ahead for this young man. Thought he was going to be absolutely fantastic. I recruited him out of high school. And certainly I believe every Thing he said in, in man's
2: ability. Okay, some interesting comments there by Hughie yeah. Brown and some of the other people from the draft. So let's start with Lucas first. Think about what we just talked about: his high school accolades, his numbers. Lucas, what stands out to you about Kobe before entering the
4: NBA? That he didn't get drafted higher. I mean, look, Philly—they made the right choice in getting Allen Iverson. Let's let's be clear: Allen Iverson was a great player, but. They had the opportunity to draft a kid out of high school first overall who was a local. They chose not to, which, you know, both are Hall of Famers. Both were great in their own rights. You know, obviously, Kobe probably had the better career, but it would have been interesting to see him in Philly
1: playing for the Sixers. Interesting. Maurice? Yeah, that would have been that would have been a reach to take Kobe, who's projected to be like. I, I,
4: and I get it; it was a staff yeah.
1: draft. I get it. Yeah. One of the best drafts ever. Hopefully, we do a comparison on the on that the, draft. The, but the best. Yeah, arguably, arguably, but uh, arguably. It's interesting in that clip they talked. Jerry West said that Kobe's going to yeah. be good, and then he while well, plotting to it. get Kobe the whole time, <laughs> and Man. of course, he was traded to the Lakers. So for yeah, that's If you're a Hornets fan, that's pretty tough to swallow 20 something years later.
2: So it's funny, Maurice, you said that Hornets. So in the clip, if you watch the video of it, there's this short guy. He's an adult, not a kid, I think. And he's got a number one Hornets jersey on and he's like putting his hands up and he's excited that they got Kobe and then all of a sudden they traded him. So kind of feel for that guy. I would like to to know where that guy is today and interview him. Yeah. But anyway. so
4: Hornets, so the Hornets made a couple of bad trades in the draft. We did Shea
3: Gilgis-Alexander earlier. Oh, they, true. they've yeah. missed a lot, man. They've missed I mean, so they, much. They had Alonzo Mourn. They, like, they they. also traded players away too early. Or um, waited too late, like in Kemba. They, they had Larry jo- Prime Larry Johnson with Mourning. Yeah. There were some really mm-hmm. good teams. But yeah, the, the Hornets could be studied how much they've missed in drafts.
2: <laughs> ben, what about... Kobe, anything stand out, high school career?
3: A guard with size, I, g- I guess that's kind of why he was drafted. Because you got to think back in 96, to draft a guy out of high school. KG did it the year before, but he was a big. So I think Kobe's the first guard, correct me if I'm wrong, drafted out of high school. I mean, he m- he must not be, but I drafted that high, certainly a lottery pick. So that was, in 1996, that was very brave to do. Yeah, I'm surprised he fell to 13. Alan Iverson was the unanimous number one pick back then, mm-hmm. but I would have liked to see the Sixers trade for him. I, I remember
2: watching Iverson at Georgetown. I was in college at the time and saying, picked. this guy is going to be number one. And he was picked. And Kobe, look, I'm sure every Charlotte fan is kicking themselves or at least mad at the ownership of of the Hornets. But the rest is history. He was a Laker, and he is an all-time legend. So my take is, I mentioned the academic aspect of Kobe, but and this is from Shaq. Shaq, you can find this on, online. Shaq said that Kobe told him he got a 1,700 on the SATs. I believe that. I didn't even know it could go that high. Whoa. I thought it yeah. got cut off at six. Yeah, it could, yeah. yeah. Isn't that the perfect it. score? <laughs> 1,600 was. So either Shaq was a little off, but... Kobe was borderline brilliant. I I remember watching Kobe give a speech in high school, and uh, he had no note cards. He had no paper to read. Cameras were all around. And just watching him stand up in front of his classmates, eloquent, affable, fun to listen to. And then the other thing is when Kobe was interviewed by Peter Vesey. This is later on, like I think twenty eighteen or something like that. He was talking about being recruited by UNC, and Kobe told Peter Vesey in a story that he was in English class when he opened the recruitment letter from Dean Smith. Can you imagine? Like you're in high school and you open a letter, and it's like, "We want you at UNC." Like that's just really cool to me.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that was really cool. And- <laughs> Yeah, I've always considered Kobe uh, one of the more intelligent players in the NBA. And remember, too, he was. All, he was also fluent in Italian as well. Yeah,
4: Absolutely. I was about to say he he spoke multiple languages. I don't think it was just Italian because didn't he speak Spanish with Powell? I think probably.
3: he did know. Yeah, yeah probably.
2: Yeah.
3: I we think played, it was at we, least two, if not three, languages. In junior high, my basketball team was in Lower Marion's. We were in the same league as them, and it was right after Kobe left. Mm-hmm. and like the legend was still there. We felt so cool like yeah. playing on like Lower ma- And this is like a an 8th grade team. But um <laughs> yeah, he he's a le- he's a legend in yeah. like in Philly. The District 1 had Chester and um oh, Coatesville. Yeah. So Kobe was playing against Rip Hamilton. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that but, but that was his... I remember Rip, Rip I mean, So Rip and Rip Co- Coatesville is like the big... Coatesville and Chester are the big district one. That's the district Kobe's in that I was in. I mean,
4: in. look, Southern Delaware and, is
3: not known for its basketball.
4: So, you know, wasn't really that. But anyway, let's get back to it. Yeah, Sorry, Ryan. I'm
3: going to
2: transition. <laughs> let's do some stats. Yes. Second quarter. Statistics. Nico a screen. Jimmy's open. He hangs. He fires. He oh,
5: big time players make big time plays. New here. They don't know if they're going to switch it. And then Jimmy's wide open. Bang! Bang! Bang!
3: Well, only two bangs, but he did knock it in, and the Bulls have the lead. Thomas looking around. No one home except Randall inside. Nice knock away the
5: defense of Jimmy Butler. A second block shot. Outside Thomas,
0: shot clock at six. Thomas for the run. Butler again. Butler's playing
1: handball. And how about the timing? That was close, but the timing on both of those. He go back there. Oh,
0: oh score yeah. out
5: of Oh, wow. The spin out, and then Jimmy.
3: He, he just buckets. kind of he just kind of funneled that in. Watch right, he catches and then he was able to force it toward the rim. That's his strength right there. Yeah, nice Timberwolves,
5: 11 total blocks tonight. And oh my goodness, Jimmy Butler, are you kidding me? Just kind of marginal contact on the wrist, but Jimmy gets the...
4: So we just heard the highlights. Let's get into the numbers here. So Jimmy Butler is listed at 6'7", 230 pounds. His numbers are interesting. In Chicago, he wore 21. In both Minnesota and Philly, he wore 23. And now in Miami, he wore 22. Does anybody want to guess why he didn't wear 23 throughout the whole entire extent of his career? Jordan's
2: number was retired, I think, in Chicago. Yeah, so In he Chicago, couldn't. but why yeah. not?
4: Why, why not Miami?
2: Uh, cause wasn't LeBron twenty three? No, he was six.
4: I don't know. Because Miami also retired Jordan's number twenty. Oh, they
2: did. Okay, yes, no. they did.
4: Yeah, so, I remember Pat
2: Riley being interviewed about that. Okay,
4: yeah. So that yeah. that that that's just a little Didn't know fun that.
3: Year. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. I'm. Assu- I mean, that's just all assumption based off of the knowledge that I have. That's why he hasn't done it. But you know, who knows for sure. Let's get into the stats here. Now, we're going to do a little something different versus last time. So first, I'm going to go through the regular season stats with you guys. And then we're going to go back and go through the postseason stats. Okay. First, we're going to go with Jimmy Butler, regular season stats. And if we're going with his best season as a regular season player, it's going to be the 2016-17 season, his last season with the Chicago Bulls. In that season, he had a career high, 23.9 points, so 24 points per game. Six rebounds, five and a half assists, two steals. He also shot 45.5% from the field, 36 and a, uh, almost 37% from the three-point line, and from the foul line, 86.5%. Now, it should be noted that he did lead the league in steals back in tw- uh, 2021 when he was with the Heat at 2.1. However, going to his career highs during the regular season now, over, under, Jimmy Butler, career high during the regular season, 50 points.
3: I under. know this because it's over It's over because it was against a team I follow. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over. <laughs> I, I, I was like, whatever,
3: yeah. Ben always finds a way to
2: insert Sixers. I was going to say under, but I guess Ben is right. Is that right, Lucas?
4: Yeah, it is okay. 53. He scored over 50 at least twice in his career. Uh, both uh, his last two seasons with the Bulls, 53 and 52. He also had a career high 18 rebounds, 15 assists, seven steals, five blocks. Anything that sticks out to you guys regarding that? I'll go with
3: the,
2: the game high in blocks and steals. I think for him, I know Jimmy's six, would you say six, seven, Lucas? Yeah, six, seven. He gets quick off his feet, and for him to get that many blocks in the game, it shows you his defensive versatility. Jimmy can get buckets, but the thing that makes him so special to me in his career is his defense. Mm -hmm.
3: I remember that year. It was like they'd kind of given up on D-Rose. I don't know if he left yet, but his usage was kind of what we see in the playoffs, Mm-hmm. and i was like who is this guy and he just was putting up numbers so yeah like he he didn't have anyone on his team right and i think they made the playoffs i think they were like a seven or eight seed with just him yeah. on the team and it's interesting seeing like what he actually does in no the play- they didn't they didn't 15 16
4: okay. no not that year <laughs>
3: Yeah, he was putting up a lot of numbers. I remember like watching him on SportsCenter every night. And against the against the Sixers, he just he, I think he had like a 53-point game and I was like, "Who yeah. the hell is this guy? Never yeah. heard of him."
1: <laughs> yeah. That 14-15 season. They still had Derrick Rose, didn't they? Or was he just out there here no, for No, it, no, no. It was 15-16. 15-16?
3: Yeah. I think they finally had to get rid of him cuz he was hurt he was hurt a couple years. I think he yeah. was ready to move on to Yeah. I think he was ready to move on. I'm not going to get into it because I'm going to say it for you, Maurice, but that's a really disappointing trajectory. Those two would have been, could have won a chip.
1: Yeah. Before Derrick Rose's injuries started to take his toll, Jimmy was, he was always considered the number two guy, you know, the guy who, you know, guarded the best player on the other team. And and for a lot of Jimmy's career, he was always that, I guess you would say three and D type player, but as he, as his game sort of came together, he became more of a versatile two-way, both sides of the court, pretty dominant player.
4: So so I want to point out something real quick. Jimmy, his first season only averaged 2.6 points per game. Second Hmm. season, eight and a half. Third season, 13. Fourth season, that's the 14-15 season. I think that was Derrick Rose's last season in there, if I remember correctly. I'm not 100% sure. He averaged 20. Talk about it was growth. his, it was his yeah. team at that point, his yeah. fourth season. That's pretty impressive. He was only yeah. twenty five at the time. Yeah. Now let's get into the playoff numbers, which are pretty crazy. Here it's it's very hard for me to choose these because he has had a lot of good playoff runs. You could you could go back to his time with the Bulls. You could go t- with his time with the Sixers. That Kawhi series, him and Kawhi going back and forth. Him taking Miami to their first conference final since LeBron James against LeBron James and matching him tit for tat during that finals series. But if we're going with some of the best, the deepest run and the best numbers was this past one where he averaged 27 points per game, six and a half rebounds, six assists, 1.8 steals while shooting 46% from the floor. No, forty seven percent from the floor, excuse me, thirty-six percent from the three point line, and eighty percent from the foul line. Like I said, he's had other great runs and individual matchups, like going back to that Miami series back in 2019 20 season during the bubble, like in during that finals, in my opinion, he either matched LeBron or outplayed him in certain games. So
1: Yeah, that would have been my first thought would have been the bubble season. He playoffs only averaged
4: run? twenty-two. He only averaged twenty-two during that that run, though the total run, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, but when you when you watch that series, that yeah. run in the playoffs, first thing you thought was, man, defensively he is carrying this team. Mm-hmm. I think he was playing close to forty-five minutes per game, something like crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But
4: playoff career highs. This is where it
1: gets interesting.
4: Over under fifty-five points as a playoff career high.
3: I'll say under. It's pretty recent, so it's over. I'll go with Ben. I'll say over.
4: You two are correct. Yeah, I forgot. 56.
1: Was it the, was it the uh, Buck Series? Yeah, it's the Buck Series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that.
4: Also, playoff career highs. 14 rebounds, 13 assists, 6 steals, 3 blocks, 6 turnovers. Any thoughts on the playoff
3: stats now? We all watch like playoff basketball here, so we know Jimmy's just a playoff riser. He ran out of steam a little bit this past run. I think he was averaging like 38 in that Bucs series. He always brings it to you on defense and the playmaking. Something about Jimmy in the playoffs is the game slows down for him in a way. Like his basketball Mm -hmm. IQ, uh, he just controls the game in such a way that maybe LeBron, like there's not. It's it's really cool to see. I feel like if he had if he had a little bit of, of a better team, he he would have won more championships, in my opinion. If maybe he would have stayed with better players, but anyway.
2: Yeah, playoff riser Jimmy is is a thing, and I do remember that Ben he tailed off a little bit, ran out of steam. But as far as instances where he rises to the occasion, I think. He puts on a clinic. He has a clear understanding of how to pace himself throughout the season. Uh, he could average 30 points a game if he wanted to, but he knows that he's going to be needed the most in the postseason. As far as that clinic I was talking about, his I mentioned earlier his body control, being able to draw fouls, using the backboard, being able to create contact, and just having great control. Of what he does with the basketball in the paint, and also look Jimmy is not like Zach Levine where he's doing reverses and things like that because he knows, okay, I just need to get the ball in the in the bucket, I need to do a slam dunk and get back on defense right so mm-hmm. Jimmy doesn't have to be flashy, and the playoffs is not the time to be flashy, so he's all business, and that 's one of the reasons why that we're comparing him is because he steps up when The time is right in the playoffs.
4: So for during the regular season, his career average is 18, 5, and 4, right? During the playoffs, his career averages are 21, 6, and and 4.5. So there is clearly an increase when it comes to him stepping Mm -hmm. up during the playoffs. Maurice, go
1: ahead. Yeah, the piggyback over you, right? I'm saying I always thought that Jimmy conserved himself a little bit during the regular season. Not to say he wasn't going 100% every night, but from a physicality standpoint, I think he reserved himself for when it mattered the most, which was the playoffs. You always saw the best version of Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, like you right said, when it counted the most. And like I said in the intro, just the mentality that he had alongside Kobe, where it was balls to the wall when it mattered the most in the playoffs. And we saw that, and it was always fun to watch.
5: by Kobe Bryant behind the back. oh what did i just see you just saw what Kobe does best and that brings people to their feet with a sensational play Then we got a dribble drive change of direction by Bryant and done woo when you talk about elevation,
1: chick. He went up to the Raptors before he decided to put somebody on a poster. They love to get it into Nash's hands, and they do. Ball well, knocked away, stolen by Parker. Oh, here it is. Here comes George to Kobe Bryant. Bryant
5: inside.
0: It's good. It's good. Tie game. A one-point game. Welcome to it. Bryant with the save. How are you going to get a shot here? Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang. Brian has hit, a shot
4: at the buzzer!
3: Whoa! Four away from Elgin Baylor's Laker record. Yes! Well, they're 70. Everybody wants it to get into Kobe's hands. The Kobe pump fakes for two. Kobe stops the Laker record.
1: 81-point game. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second-greatest scoring performance in NBA history.
4: So we just heard the highlights. Let's get into the numbers. So Kobe Bryant is listed at 6'6", 212 pounds, which feels kind of small for him. He seemed like the bulky type of guy. Yeah. Anyway, he's worn a couple different numbers, believe it or not. They have his lower Marion number, which is 33 here. And then he wore eight from 97 to 2006. And then he switched over to 24 for the rest of his career. So his regular season stats. We're going to start with the two thousand five six season, where he had averaged career high thirty five and a half points per game, five rebounds, four and a half assists, two steals, while shooting forty five percent from the field, thirty five percent from the three point line, and eighty five percent from the foul line. Hmm. Pretty impressive. Not oh, yeah. very many players since the you know break of the new uh, uh century have really averaged 35. You can probably name them all on one hand if you can honestly think about it. So then let's get into the career highs here. So for the regular season, I the highlights said it. You guys know it. Tell me what it is. 81. 81, 81. against Jalen Rose in the Toronto Raptors.
1: Oh, you got to put it on him.
4: <laughs> I got to put it. Look, did you guys see that commercial when Jalen and – hasn't seen it
2: in yeah. the restaurant. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> It was so funny. Oh, yeah. Classic. He's like, can I get olives for my friend Jalen? He's like, how many? 81.
2: <laughs> <laughs> 81 olives.
4: <yeah>. 81 <laughs> olives. So let me ask you this. How many seasons did he reach over 60 points per game as a, in one game? Outside of that 81 <laughs> point seasons? game season. I'm going to say four. Five.
2: I'll say four times.
4: Three. Only three other times outside of that 81 point game did he Mm. reach over 60 as a season high. Okay. So, including his last season when he ended the game his last game where he had sixty points. So, besides that, he had a career high, sixteen rebounds, seventeen assists. Talk about pass the ball, right? Mm. So he also had seven steals, five blocks, eleven turnovers. Besides hmm. that, so before we get into the playoff stats, let me ask you guys this. What do you guys think of the regular season numbers? Uh the that, that
3: thirty-six almost thirty-six points per game is yeah, I think Harden. Harden and like Jordan, that's pretty much it recently. Yeah. That's I done mean, that.
4: Jordan doesn't even count for this century, so yeah, it's really pretty much just, just James Harden. I mean yeah. I mean
3: Joel got close with thirty three. Maybe, yeah, uh, I feel like Luca will probably get it Luka, when Kyrie leaves. He'll Luka probably might. get it. That use, His usage is just insane. Yeah. But I think it's just James Harden because KD never did it. Never. KD's never had to do it.
4: So, so his career high for usage was also 38.7, but that's the modern usage for most NBA stars now. So 38.7 was ridiculously high then, but any superstar now – Thirty-eight is pretty normal.
1: We always think about eighty-one, but I think just as incredible was the sixty. His last game, absolutely. What was he? He. I want to say he was thirty-six. No, he was thirty-seven. But don't you think they He's were kind of letting him? They're kind of. I was at him. that game.
3: I, I mean, you I, he was, I was at, the at, the at end, that game. Position. I was at. I was at the game, guys. They let him. So, like, so, yeah. I think. He, I think he took fifty shots. Yeah, uh, so, but but he still did it though. Like it was still in the context of an NBA game. Mm-hmm, I remember mm-hmm. they played the Utah Jazz, but like yeah. he still did it. That was what was impressive. But I think he took fifty shots. Yeah,
1: but mind you, thirty-seven years old. He's at the end of his run. He had to get Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. He's not the same physically. I was about
4: to say it, that last season he only averaged seventeen per game. Seven. Yeah, and a half. he was
1: at the end, it, but it was still incredible. Ben, what was your experience like in that arena doing that?
3: It was pretty surreal because it's almost like a movie moment. You never really see that. I actually left thinking like, "It's too bad he's retiring," because part of why he retired was the Lakers weren't good. Like they they were they decided to rebuild. So I always thought had he been on like a, maybe a contender or a playoff team, I don't think he would have retired because he still had he still had it. Kobe was just. Different. I can't really just, dis- you know, you hated him, but you
4: loved him all at the same time. He was one of those guys that, you know, you hated to play against, but you loved whenever he did well.
2: The one thing that stood out to me, obviously, the the points per game. I remember Jordan in the 80s. I remember looking at the sports almanac and seeing him average 36, 37, whatever. And then Harden came about and averaged that much. But Kobe was an assassin. He knew he was a scorer, he was not a passer. Uh, I just – you hit me with that 11 turnovers. I just – I'm just trying to wonder if Shaq was on that team. I can imagine Shaq getting getting ticked off if that was a time period where he had 11 turnovers because, you know, him and Shaq butted heads at certain points. But so yeah, Carl,
4: the 11 Carl- turnovers did not happen. The first time he had – the 11 turnovers happened in the 07-08 season. He hit 10 turnovers a couple times later in his career too. Okay. All
2: right, what about his playoff stats?
4: So, let's get into playoff stats now. He averaged more per game on the losing teams that he was on. I mean, he did make the NBA Finals averaging 30 per game when they lost to the Celtics in 08. But I'm going to go when he won Finals MVP the first time that he won Finals MVP, when he was uh, the second stint without Shaq. So, we're going to go with those stats here. He averaged... Thirty points per game, five and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, almost two steals per game, while shooting forty-six percent from the field, thirty-five percent from the three-point line, and eighty-eight percent from the foul line. Pretty impressive. So let's go to the playoff career highs here. Over under fourteen assists as a playoff career high. Over. Of over. Under. Ben's right. It's under. It's thirteen. Okay. So, that being said, he has a career-high 50-point playoff game back in the 05-06 season. He also had a career-high 16 rebounds, 13 assists, 5 steals, 4 blocks, 7 turnovers. So, besides that, real quick, let me just get into the all-time stats here with him real quick. Kobe is, in terms of career points, is 4th overall With 33,643 points. Points per game, he is 14th all-time in points per game at 25 points per game. Playoff points per game, he is 19th at 25.6. That being said, I give it to you, Uriah. Tell me, what are your thoughts with his playoff stats?
2: Well, the reason why I said over for the assists is because I remember I was... Talk about love-hate relationship. I was not really a big Kobe fan up until towards the end of his career. Yeah. I, I appreciated his greatness and commitment to excellence. But when I was younger, I used to look at him and be like, he's just a ball hog. He's a gunner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but that's what he was good at. So I, I look back and I critique my own aspect of how I viewed Kobe. But I remember he just would pass the ball in the uh, second half of, a, I think, game seven against Phoenix. It was like to spite his team or management to show that he didn't have any help. So I remember watching that game, like, why is he not shooting? He was doing it on purpose. So that's why I thought he probably had a lot of assists that game. Hmm. But Kobe's greatness shines in the playoffs. Amazing playoff performer. And as far as points, it's like he's the guy, the go-to guy. And, And when Shaq was there, I'll never forget. Ben might remember this and Maurice, too. Against Indiana, Shaq got in foul trouble. And Kobe just became Kobe in that series, and he never looked back.
3: Yeah, it's interesting his career in the playoffs because it it wasn't the he had like a seven year gap of like kind of being on mediocre teams and putting up like eighty one points. He never really went that far in the playoffs. I'm the fifty points is surprising. I I, I am a little surprised with that. I thought he would have scored more, even at, even earlier in his career with with the double teams from Shaq. I thought like. Yeah, I feel like he he would have had more than 50 points.
1: Undoubtedly, his second run, his cha- second championship run after Shaq, he was the man and you saw more leadership and Kobe took over when he needed to take over. Now, he had he had good players and I'm talking about the players later, but I would say he had a better roster constructed around him. The team he had was was so much better for Kobe his his second run.
2: third quarter accolades
5: every all-star you realize that you belong a little bit more i think that the more you get under your belt the more you're like yep i belong here you know i'm one of the best to ever play this game i think i've gotten better a little bit every year but now you know i got something to talk to those guys about i've been here before and my first one was so awkward because I was like, I've, I've never been in this All-Star locker room before. I don't know what to say to anybody. I don't have too much in common with them. The second one was a little bit better because I was be like, yeah, I've been to an All-Star game before. Now we're going back again. I've been to two. I'm starting now. This is a time to not worry about any of that pressure. This is time to just go out there and have fun. It's completely an honor to be voted in, definitely as a started. This is an honor, period, for you to be recognized for your extreme talent and how hard you've been working up to this point.
3: That was Jimmy Butler in an interview for the All-Star Game. All right, so Jimmy... He doesn't have obviously the resume that Kobe has, so but I was surprised with this. How many all-star appearances do you think Jimmy Butler has? I'll start with you, Uriah. Jimmy Butler has been an all-star eight times. Five. Five. You were all wrong. What? Yeah, six. Uh Uriah, I was surprised with eight, because uh he's kind of <laughs> The criticism of Jimmy is that he takes the regular season off. So I was actually surprised with six All-Stars. He had four straight from 2015 to 2018, 2020, and then 2022. How many All-NBA defensive teams has Jimmy Butler been a part of? I'll start with you, Maurice. Five. Uh, How about five? I think five sounds about right. Seven. Uriah and Maurice, you are the winners. Uh, he has been you. a five-time, mm. this is surprising, All-NBA second team. Jimmy Butler has never been first-team All-Defense. That's mm. actually pretty oh. surprising. Yeah, yeah is. never been first-team. He is a four-time All-NBA third-team recipient, 2017, 2018, 2020, and 2021. Has he ever been part of a second or first team? Lucas, I'll start with you. He's been on a second team once and that was this past season.
4: Otherwise he's been all NBA third team every other time. All right. Do you right?
2: Lucas sounded very confident with that yeah, response.
4: Yeah. I, we, we, <laughs> so can we can skip this. We can say Lucas Lucas. Yeah, I I had to look that up because I
3: was trying to decide which statistical season I needed to use for Jimmy. Okay. All
4: right.
2: So <laughs>
3: you were like an on, you were like an encore reporter. That was pretty cool. Um yeah, so he 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 did get second team this past year. Um, which is, you know, people I think starting to respect. I feel like we're starting to respect Jimmy, um, his playoff success. And um, I'll just say it. His his biggest accolade thus far is this past year. He was the NBA Eastern Conference Finals MVP, which hmm. is, uh only been given out twice. I think Jason Tatum won it the year prior. How many times has Jimmy Butler been the NBA steals leader? I'll start with you, Maurice. Two. One, one. All right, Uriah.
2: I think I read somewhere one time.
3: Yeah, in 2021, he was the NBA Steels leader, and he is the he was the NBA most improved player in 2015. So that year that Lucas was kind of focusing on, where yeah. people were like, "Who is this guy?" Um, yeah. When Derrick Rose, I think they kind of had finally, you know, ways, yeah. Up. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he won the gold medal in the 2016 uh, Brazil Rio games. Nice. So he was a part of that gold medal team. Yeah, I forgot that. And uh, yeah. that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, uh, something that was not on here is he's a two, He's made the NBA finals twice. And I believe yeah. he's made the conference finals what, four times. He's made the finals twice. <laughs> yeah. And I think they've made the conference finals four times.
4: Did he, he ever make had, it they with they Chicago?
3: No, he's oh. made it four times in Miami. Oh, yeah. That he's sounds made the com- right.
4: Yeah, because they made- He only missed it once, right? Yeah. Wow.
3: How many times has he been in Miami? Five. He's only
1: missed it once. For the roster Jimmy's had, he's never been on, like, a super team. Well, maybe if you count the sixes, (laughs) but let's not get into that right now.
3: that That was definitely a super team. I think
1: we could say that. For the roster that Jimmy's had, specifically in Miami, to get to the finals that many times with that team, that says a lot. I completely is, agree.
4: I, I think it says two things. Number one, three, uh, two things. One, Jimmy Butler's him when it comes to the playoffs, and two, Eric Spoelstra is one of the best uh, playoff coaches in MB- in
3: yeah. recent NBA. Yes, it? I agree. And, and both guys, as we transition to Kobe's, actually, the, their their half court offense just slows down, and that translates so well to the playoffs. You know, you uh, yeah. see it with LeBron, you see it with Michael Jordan. Alright, that's about it. He doesn't have you know, hopefully he can get that chip, hopefully he can get that finals MVP, but that's about it for Jimmy. He he's a playoff riser, so a lot of his accolades and numbers come in the playoffs. So uh what do can you guys I- think about those <laughs> awards? I'm gonna yeah. say what 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 sorry, what stands out? <laughs> I've already said what I said. Uh you're right, you go.
2: Yeah, I, I wanna go with most improved player. I think considering where he came from, considering he had to scratch and claw and break through obstacles, just to go from junior college to Marquette. Marquette's not Duke. Marquette's not Kansas. Marquette's not UCLA. Marquette is Marquette. Now, obviously, D. Wade went there, but it's not known for its basketball program compared to other big colleges. So to scratch and claw on a team like Chicago, which has a huge background of success I mean, the shadow of Michael Jordan, right? So for him to average two points a game, like Lucas said earlier, and then win that award, I, I would think that that's one of his
1: most cherished accolades, I would assume. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Maurice, what about you? I would say his most cherished accolade. No, well, I think I just spoke on it. Um, Just getting to the finals with those teams, that he, the rosters that he's had, it's pretty incredible what one player, one star player can lift your team to that height of, you know, Mm -hmm. of, of the playoffs Uh, is something that I really respect and I wish some other superstar players could do that as well.
3: Yeah. That's why I mentioned that Maurice was the, was, I had to add the finals on there because that's a big part of his legacy. It's like those, those teams, Bam Adebayo is the second best player. Yeah, and like the squad he was rocking out there last year Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin undrafted players just really impressive stuff
0: yeah.
5: I really don't know what to say to be honest with you I, I think uh, this is such a blessing it's such an honor to be here and uh, to receive this award and and uh, yeah, I can go through a list of thank yous, starting with my family, who you know they enable me to 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 be the best I can be by training every day, and you know they they give up so much, um, you know, to to sacrifice so much for me to be able to train and prepare and focus on games, and uh, I'm, I'm just very honored and very blessed for them to be here and you know, see my kids sitting there in the front row, and my agent Rob Palinka, and my friends from the league, and my teammates, and the man who brought me in the league here, Jay West. I mean, this is. This is a beautiful day. It's a very special day for me. and um, you know I just, I'm just deeply, deeply honored to be here. And I couldn't have won this award without the play of my teammates. You know, this is a team award. This isn't an individual award. This is an award that you know, I couldn't have won on my own. Uh, if that was the case, I would have won it when I was averaging 40. Um, <laughs> this gets done because we all do it as a unit. and um, So I, I can't. Thank these guys enough. You know, these are my guys. These are my brothers, and
3: um, we have won MVP. Well, that is a great clip of Kobe Bryant winning the NBA MVP. I'll start that off with our accolades. He won the MVP the two thousand seven two thousand eight season. He was the NBA most valuable player. I forgot Rob Palenka was his agent, so I learned something in that clip. That's how Rob Palenka got into yeah. the, like, his organization. Yeah, the, no, yeah. it it, it it's I love you know. So we have quite the list here. I'm not going to do the obvious ones because you guys will know it. He is a five-time NBA championship. He did 3 P in 2000, 2001, 2002, and then he had a two-peat in 2009, 2010. How many times has Kobe Bryant been the NBA's finals MVP, Maurice?
1: Five. No, no, four.
2: Finals MVP? Finals MVP. Well, I think Shaq won three of them, so I'm going to
3: go with two. Lucas also ghosts. All right. all right, Uriah and Lucas, you are correct, and yeah, your Shaq yeah. was yeah, Shaq. Got, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we all know what he though, did. Though he, yeah.
4: he, Kobe had an although Kobe although there was one. There yeah, was, yeah, what that, year? yeah, That last uh, that was the second.
3: That was the second of the. You mentioned routine. the Pacers series. I guess that was the only that was yeah. the only yeah. one he had a yeah. shot at. Right, that, that yeah. first yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But Shaq was just uh, Shaq. there was a year he averaged thirty eight points right in a playoff series. Shaq, probably. Yeah, probably. Finals, yeah, yeah. He he, arguably should have more MVPs. That's something on Kobe Bryant's, Bryant's resume, I believe. The thirty-six point the, when he averaged thirty-six a game, they were they were a playoff team, and I think that was one of the shady, in my opinion, uh, Steve Nash MVPs. This is a really impressive stat here. How many times has Kobe Bryant been an NBA All Star? I'll start with you, Lucas. Well,
4: let's see. He made it as a rookie. We have to take out. The season that he got injured. He made it
3: his second year.
4: He did make okay, league. second year. So, second year. So, two years that he out of his 18-year career, we know for sure he did not make it. I'm going to say 15 All-Stars.
3: I'll say 17. I'll go 18. So, Lucas, I think he actually played 20 seasons. So, you oh, were he? right. You were uh, right on your math. And then, unfortunately, that whole era, they need to kind of do an asterisk because you know, Iverson, Ray Allen, yeah, K- yeah KG, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there was no all-star game in 99. So Kobe oh, would have, ha- okay. he is an 18 time NBA all-star, wow. 18 oh. time. That is and crazy. Sh- it should be 19. That, that is, is wild. Yeah, That's yeah. nuts. So <laughs> this is an impressive stat. How many times has he won the all-star game MVP?
4: Oh, I'll go with I, you, I think Maurice. I know this one. I think I know this one. All right,
3: Lucas, you go. since. <laughs>
4: I wanna say three times, three or four times. It's I'm you know what I'll, I'll stick with
3: three. Three was my first gut. I'll instinct. go with I'll go with two. All right. Maurice I'll go four. Maurice, you're the winner of four. Oh, oh. I should have gone with four. <laughs> oh. so all
1: close. right.
3: So Kobe Bryant, he is a two time All NBA second team uh player. Two time all nba third team. How many times has he won the first team? I'm gonna go with you, Uriah. First team First all team. NBA. Oh, NBA. Wow. Ah, think about all those guards. I now. know.
4: Eight, eight times. That's tough. He played so long. Eight times. All right, Lucas. I Feel like it's less than that, but I'm gonna give him respect and say seven.
1: Okay. Maurice. At no point in time, Kobe was the third best guard in the Western yeah. Conference.
4: It doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the voters then thought. Yeah.
1: Maurice, I'm gonna say <laughs>
4: ten.
5: Oh, that's
4: high. That's not right because I that's just saw Ben's
3: eyes. <laughs> no, it um, Maurice, you were you were close. It's eleven guys.
1: Oh. wow, we wow, were low wow. you lowballing. Low yeah, okay.
3: Yeah, Sorry, that's Kobe. an impressive stat. That's like LeBron, only like LeBron Jordan era, like Shaq. Yeah. like only. Yeah, you're looking at a very okay. small group. So, 11-time All-NBA first team. This is where Kobe kind of gets into the great top five all-time conversations. So, you got 11-time All-NBA first team, nine-time All-NBA defensive first team. Wow. So, you're really only looking at one other guy who has that, and that's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Period. Uh And so, that's where Kobe, in my opinion, gets into the top five conversations with that. Like like, – like, um. And I remember he locked down. They put him on Iverson. Like he he could lock down anyone. Like pretty early in his career, he's a three time All NBA second team. So twelve time he he was the in an All NBA second or first team defense. So just nuts. Yeah. Uh, how many times has he won the scoring championship? I'm going to go with you, Uriah. Three times. Okay,
2: Lucas.
4: Uh, he. Three times, yeah. I want to say three times. And Maurice. Just to be different, I'll say four.
3: He only won it twice. Yeah. Oh. You have to think. And I think he lost out to T-Mac and Iverson. So you yeah. have to think ben. about what the num the numbers those guys are. So only won it twice. Oh, Hold six on, and ben. seven. We, we yeah. deserve this. Yeah. You do. You <laughs>
1: deserve yeah. that.
4: So, um, hang on, Ben. I just want to interject real quick. You said Kobe top five debate. In my top five he is number five all time in my mind.
3: Okay. Yeah. I, I think, think he great. flirts between five and nine mm-hmm. if you like really break it down. But for me, I've always had him around five, six because of the defense kind of just showing his range. Kobe Bryant. We've shared about, he, he was the NBA's rookie year. He won the dunk contest. Yes. The, yeah. The I remember classic, that. through the legs. He was part of the yeah. NBA all rookie second team. Now Kobe came into a 60 plus win team right away as a rookie. And so he he ended up getting playing time towards the end. He is part of the NBA 75th anniversary team. Both his numbers, Kobe had two iterations of his numbers, number eight and then number 24, were, uh, were retired by the Lakers. And then he is a two-time Olympic gold medalist in 08 and 2012. So what do you guys think of... I mean, what's not to think of? That list is insane. So, Maurice, what what stands out to you? I guess.
1: Well, first of all, the first team, first team uh, All NBA uh, eleven times. That comes down to reputation. Uh, well, you're considered one of the best in the league for that long. Eleven. A lot of guys only get it once, and we consider them superstars. For the, for Kobe to get it eleven times, that's truly amazing. The another thing I wanted to mention was. I think we all the king and agree, Kobe should have been MVP more than once. Oh,
3: absolutely! absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's why have... I brought up the Nash. I, I I think he was the biggest snub of that of that Nash. Shaq always says it's him. I think it was that thirty six point. They were a playoff team. Give it to Kobe. He's Kobe. You Kobe gotta
4: should give have had at him. least one more. I uh, wasn't yeah, that around yeah. the time of his controversy. I think that's probably why they didn't
3: give it to him. No, this. this yeah, was, you're no. Was yeah, he
1: like no six or seven. No, that was, was a, a co- five. Co-
3: you it? know what, Lucas? They would have been settling it. You're, you're right. It would have been a little close. That might be why they didn't give it to him. Yeah, but because one of those seasons, Nash's numbers were really like. I get the whole, I get that whole team is good with giving the, Nash those numbers one. were one. Yeah, but yeah. he averaged Two. like 14 points.
1: One, like, come on, man. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. No, no, no disrespect to Steve Nash. He can probably be on here.
4: One he, of these he, episodes, he gets one, he should,
1: gets he should, one, get, one. should yeah. get one, yeah. Kobe, Kobe should have had more than one MVP, absolutely. I agree. Uh, um, right. and, and especially, then, and the-
4: then LeBron came in too on top of that. Like, as soon as it was Kobe's era, LeBron came in, and everybody wanted to give LeBron because he's King James and everything, mm-hmm. all
3: the yeah. right, right. It, but I would say that's the biggest snub. That would be mm-hmm. my my note to Maurice was that mm-hmm. that year that he was a score, like he averaged 36 a game and dominated the league. I think that was the 81, 81- like, give it to him. He's that he's Kobe Bryant. It's a playoff. They made the playoffs. Uh, Uriah, what about you? What What stands out of all these accolades? I'm going to go with defensive, all defensive team. And you
2: look at the person that he modeled his game after, which is Michael Jordan, one of the greatest two-way players of all time. And we know that Kobe, look, Kobe probably looked himself in the mirror for many years trying to be Michael Jordan. If you look at how Oh yeah. The ball everything. If you look at how Kobe celebrated, like Ooh. pumping his fist or jumping up and down and even the interviews, he tried to sound like Michael Jordan. When I played that clip of MVP, I for the first time I was like, this sounds like Jordan accepting an award. So I mean you can't knock him from wanting to be like the best player of all time. But defensively, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I respect Kobe is because the passion that he had for scoring was also he had the same passion for defense. If you look at a clip of when Steph Curry was was starting to to become the great player he was, like Kobe was picking him up at half court because he liked the challenge of taking on the team's best offensive player. So Kobe was an, a phenomenal force in this league. God rest his soul. But the one thing we can all agree on is, whatever accolade you choose, you have to respect his passion and respect for the game, and, and he recognized that mm-hmm. in himself, and, and his legacy will live on,
3: uh, no
1: absolutely. matter what.
3: No matter what
2: accolade you bring up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's
3: a good point. And and something to note about Kobe is he did tail in the the goat debate. Kobe is one of those players that was excellent during MJ. And uh and LeBron. And then in, incredible guards in between. But but that's something interesting about Kobe. His career, he touched both guys and like was kind of starting to be dominant. Yeah. Yeah. He had the bridge. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Yep. All right.
4: You know, it's interesting. You listen to podcasts like All the Smoke, you listen to guys that were contemporaries of both MJ, late MJ, like late prime MJ, end of career MJ and Kobe Bryant. They don't have LeBron James number two. They have Kobe number two as right. an all-time, as the the second next to uh, Jordan. So I just find that interesting.
1: And, yeah. and real quick, you mentioned that podcast before we transition. The first thing they asked every guest on the show was, who's the player that busts your, you know what? Who's the first one to yeah, no. give you business mm-hmm. in the NBA? A lot and of people say Kobe. Kobe.
4: A lot yeah. of people say Kobe. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, especially when guys, like, you so rarely see it, MJ, when guys are that dominant offense. And then I remember in the finals when he just, like, took the assignment of Iverson, and you're like, wait, this guy can play defense, too? What? Like, that's not fair. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Fourth quarter, teammates.
4: To me, he's probably the most blue-collar superstar we have in this league.
2: Jack what, what what is your
5: like what's your relationship with Jimmy that goes back to Houston yeah um, you know me, me being a little older and him watching me and me making it you know he kind of looked up to me a little bit to the point where we got to the league and I was I was kind of a mentor to him because our attitudes and where we approach the game is the same you know a lot of people didn't understand me they said I was this and I was that you know but one thing they couldn't say is I couldn't play basketball and that was what what me and Jimmy had it had it, had it, uh, was said we had similar we both loved the game we both played with a lot of passion and uh I see a lot of myself in Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy's just a lot way more stronger, way more athletic than me. But you know the way we approached the game is what we had in in, in, in common, and uh, it brought us to the point where we have like a brotherhood now. We talk all the time, and uh, I'm one of his biggest fans. Yeah,
4: you bring you up bigger, a, you bring you up an bigger point than him with just just a player's reputation, and and you guys know this because because we've all switched teams a number of times, mm-hmm. and so you're going into a locker room, or a, a guy gets traded into your locker room and that guy carries with him whatever whatever the book says that he is right yep right and i think as as teammates I, you know it's funny cuz like you know jimmy carried with him this
5: reputation from chicago and from minnesota yeah and within 2 weeks of him being in philly i'm like you know i just i'm going to go hang with this guy like i'm going to go to every meal on the road i'm with jimmy like it's so yep. it's it's interesting how uh,
4: reputation isn't always reality
1: right All right, so let's talk about Jimmy Butler drafted in the 2011 NBA draft. Let's talk about teammates a little bit. And before I start, I just want to switch it up a little bit and just ask you guys because Jimmy's more of a recent player, so we kind of know who his superstar, his best teammates were, whether it be uh, Derek Rose toward the end of the prime or Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid. Who is the player that most – that comes close to resembling the best, I would say, one-two punch Jimmy Butler's ever had.
4: I think his one year in Philly kind of proved it was him and Joel.
3: Yeah, uh, it's it's exactly that. Um, the chemistry was there, and had he just waited for Joel to develop more? Yeah, it, I think that's going to be, if he doesn't want to chip, that'll be his biggest stain on his career. I would right. say Derrick Rose,
2: if Derek Rose didn't play a similar position in terms of being a backcourt player. Mm -hmm. I think what Jimmy brought complemented what Joel Embiid had and vice versa. So I'll go with Embiid too.
1: Yeah. What could have been that one, two punch if they would have stayed together and we all remember the clip of Tobias over me. Remember Jimmy saying that. Um, And like I said earlier, Jimmy never had the greatest roster, but at least in Miami, he willed his way and the players that he had around him, he got them to an NBA final. So what if, what if yeah. he stayed in Philly, and he still had Joel Embiid and huge what if? Yeah, yeah, you, know, you know, still, it, uh, still a still a great player in Ben Simmons. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. he seems to really like two way players. It's why he didn't like Minnesota; they didn't play defense. That was his critique. So it is interesting yeah. that he left. Because yeah. Miami plays so well because of their defense.
1: Yeah, yeah. we'll, do, we'll get into Minnesota. But we'll, one quick fun fact. There was one player who played with Kobe and Jimmy Butler. Can anyone mention his name? Uriah?
2: Kobe and Jimmy Butler? Yeah.
1: Okay, I know this, but do I? Hang
2: on. Uh, is he on the Miami Heat right now with him?
1: I can't give you that clue.
2: Udonis Haslam.
1: No, Udonis <laughs>
3: retired. He retired. Oh, uh, uh, Ben. It would be someone that was on like those later Kobe teams, like uh, I don't know, man. Kwame Brown. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's a, I, I have no idea because I know it's not Jordan
3: Clarkson. It's not. I'm going to say Jordan Clarkson. I know that's wrong though. Lucas. This is tough because it's
4: not. it wasn't on the Sixers. I know that. You said you knew who it was. You can't no, backtrack now. No, no. I no. thought I knew who it was, but okay. then I was like, no, it can't be him. I thought maybe it was Dwight Howard, but Dwight came after Jimmy left, so that's right. not right. I'm trying to think here. Was it in Chicago? Because that, that, that was a
1: long stint in Chicago. Give me the final answer, Lucas. I don't know. All right, so let me let me get the answer. It's Paul Gasol.
4: Oh, that's
2: right, no, Chicago. Oh, I should
1: have known that. That's I, right. I, I
4: saw... thought it was a Chicago teammate, but I couldn't think of all that's the Chicago. That's a good
2: Fun fact: That's a good fun fact yeah, because that's we're right. comparing he retired these two players. with the. Did he retire
1: yeah. with Chicago or with the with the Spurs? It was the Spurs. <laughs> okay, it was yeah. The Spurs. But anyway, let's um, let's move on. Um, Jimmy Butler started his career with the Bulls. Like I said. Let me throw out some names of some players that played with him with the Chicago Bulls. Carlos Boozer. Ooh, that's a good one. Joakim Noah. Was a good player for a little bit there. Joakim Noah. Uh, loved watching him play. Uh, Doug McDermott. Bobby Portis, who's still in the league. Still a really good player with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh Nate Robinson. Robin Lopez. Richard mm-hmm. Hamilton, who he played with in the 2012-2013 season. Rajon Rondo. Don't yep. forget Rondo played with the Bulls. I remember that. Yeah, that that,
4: that youth versus veteran Bull team. Yep.
1: And, of course, he played a season with Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, after the Bulls, he was traded to... Actually, he resigned with the Bulls, but he was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, with the Timberwolves, actually had a pretty good roster, I must say. But, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Yeah. You think? (laughs) Coincidentally, three Bulls played with him in Minnesota as well. Taj Gibson, Dirk Rose, and Luau Dang. And of course, he played with Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Jimmy didn't have the most respect for the younger guys on that team. There was notably a um, practice that happened in Minnesota where Jimmy... Yes. He, had to, he, he played with Y'all the, with, need
2: me! <laughs>
1: Y'all need... You can't guard me! <laughs> was, can't, was, no one can stop me! Jimmy played was, with the second-team players, and he beat the first-team players with Car Anthony and, uh, and, uh and Andrew Wiggins. And that led to him being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, which... All in said, I mean, the Heat teams were good, but Jimmy's best team was that 2018-2019 season. He was only there for half a season.
3: Yeah, it was a quiet so, shot team. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was yep. only there for half a season. But that was the best team when it comes to talent that Gene Buller ever had. Joel Embiid, J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons. I know Lucas hates that, but Ben Simmons was still Ben Simmons at that particular time. He was still a good player. That was a really good Sixers team. And uh, Jimmy, as currently is, is on the Miami Heat. Took them to two NBA finals with guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Scroos, Bam Adebayo. And no disrespect to Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo's a good big. Bam's good, yeah. He's a good big, yeah. But, Mm. I mean... This is a step up. I mean, it's he's a top five center you. in the NBA currently, so yeah.
4: nothing
3: wrong with that. It's a
1: yeah. little yeah, step know yeah, he...
4: from B to and the Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: he's a good. Um, he's a good number two. They, it's just they, it gets a little shaky the rest of the roster. I mean, he's a, really a number three. But anyway, don't forget about Tyler Hero. Right? <laughs> he's a number yeah. three. Yeah,
4: yeah.
1: yeah Tyler, Tyler Hero,
4: Hero. It's hard to say what he's going to be. He's injured, right? Well,
2: now, he's though. been a six man of the year, so that yeah. yeah. I mean, he's that's good. pretty important. He's
4: been washed Kyle Lowry
2: though.
1: Duncan Robinson, he's played with Kyle Lowry, he's played with Andre Iguodala, PJ Tucker, uh, Victor Oladipo, Tre- Trevor Ariza, Kevin Love, Jay Crowder, and the person we've mentioned most on this podcast so far, Udonis Haslam. Yeah, <laughs> OG, OG. Yeah. So just to wrap up, uh, Jimmy Butler's teammates. Uh, where do guys? Do you guys see? Think they have another run in them? he get to the NBA Finals, as kind of or you think this Ooh. is, that that was it for Jimmy?
4: I think that's Lucas? it with this. I think that's it. Look, I I I don't want to doubt Jimmy, because he always proves me wrong, but I don't, they lost rotation players. They didn't replace them. And I think the young guys on this team need a couple of years before they're ready to do that. And by that time, Jimmy's already 34 right now. He's not going to be He He's, he's Jimmy can get you to the NBA Finals, but you need to have somebody else with him if if he's going to win it all.
1: Yeah, and uh, as it is recording, the Miami Heat tried really hard to get Dame Lillard, and that's that's a what if because I I think they would have been a legitimate contender, but without Dame, nah. Yeah. It's well, it's clear
4: that Portland did,
3: had no interest in trading him to Miami.
1: Yeah.
3: Those picks have no value because the Heat are always going to be a fringe playoff team. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think that the Heat would have a chance legitimate. Not if they had Lillard, but I really think that if Udonis has them, didn't retire, I think, <laughs> I think that would have been a huge
4: difference. <laughs> what is your obsession with
2: Udonis? I just got to right carry it. I just have to be consistent. No, I, I, I just want to go back to this, the Sixers point. Because Jimmy is funny where, like any of these players, whether it's Harden, like these guys, they just, I just, it's all about winning. I just want to win. They get to a team that has a winning roster and plenty of potential, where there's James Harden or Jimmy Butler. And then all of a sudden, they change their mind and they jump ship. Well, Jimmy Butler, and he says, oh, you know, respect for Brett Brown or maybe like certain players, Ben Simmons, maybe he just couldn't envision him being on the same team with him. but." I just, I don't know. I just was sour on that whole ordeal, him leaving Philly, when they came so close, that lucky bounce by Kawhi that Ben mentioned. I think Philly was the best team that he had a chance to win a championship with. But, you know, who doesn't want to work in South Beach (laughs) if you're a single man, right? I mean, look, I
3: get it. Yeah, Uriah, uh, piggybacking on that, I think even with the... People, they're not as honest as the South Beach. They need to just own that. Be like, I yeah. actually just want to go to South Beach. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Just own it. Just own it. All of us were
0: forever changed on January 26th. As we know, the Black Mamas legacy will be more than just being one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And believe me, Kobe, Kobe was truly a gifted and intelligent student of the game. I remember him saying, these guys are playing checkers and I'm out here playing chess. And I would say, I guess so, Kobe, I don't know how to play chess. (laughs) But I could tell you that Kobe, what filled Kobe's heart with the most pride was his role as a loving husband to Vanessa, daddy to Gigi and Natalia, Bianca and Baby Capri, and a loving son and brother. Kobe was a loyal friend and a true Renaissance man. As many of you know, Kobe and I had a very complex relationship throughout the years. But not unlike another leadership duo, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, whose creative rivalry led to some of the greatest music of all time. Kobe and I pushed one another to play some of the greatest basketball of all time, and I am proud that no other team has accomplished what the three-peat Lakers have done since Shaq
1: and the Kobe Lakers did it. All right, that was Shaquille O'Neal at the uh, Kobe Bryant Memorial. Yeah, so let's talk about Kobe Bryant and his teammates for a little bit. Kobe was drafted in 1996 by the Charlotte Horns, but traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, Kobe Bryant has had a lot of great players, Hall of Fame players, play uh, alongside him. But besides Shaq, and Kobe has had some great teammates like Shaquille O'Neal and uh, Robert Horry, who's not a Hall of Famer, but one seven rings, uh, Paul Gasol, Lamar Odom, Metta World Peace, Derek Fisher. Uh, who was the who? Kobe Bryant's second best player besides Shaquille O'Neal? Who was the best one two punch outside of Shaquille O'Neal for Kobe Bryant? You're right,
2: I would say, wow, I think Derek Fisher was drafted the same year as Kobe, yes, sir. and I think yeah. they mm-hmm. they went through. A lot lot of of good times. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of good times, some rough times. I'd say he might have been a stabilizing force for Kobe because you never heard any rumblings between Kobe and and Derek Fisher. I'd say in terms of just being a consistent teammate, same age, same draft, I'd say he was probably the most important teammate outside of Shaq.
1: Man, you stole my thunder. You stole my thunder. Yeah, before Lucas goes, he did steal your thunder because – Derek Fisher is the most winningest player with Kobe. Yeah, I knew get this. Five hundred and ninety-six wins okay. with Kobe. Sorry, Dick. that's wow. a, that's a seventy <laughs> yeah. percent winning percentage a lot of wins. off of yes. eight hundred and forty-eight yeah. games played together. Yeah, thirteen seasons. Yeah. Go ahead, Lucas.
4: Well, I was going to say Derek Fisher because he allowed Kobe to like you know he could run the office, but certainly Derek Fisher, I think, is the prototype for the modern. He and three point guard, right? You know, like a uh, Pat Bev, like a guy that can, yeah, I can dribble up the ball, but you can, you're really running the offense. I'm just here as a figurehead type deal. But if I had to go with somebody else besides him, and I'm not going to say the obvious one, I'll say another unobvious one. I'm going to say Meta World Peace. Okay. I like Meta World mm-hmm. Peace because they, they, you know, Kobe
3: got him, got the best out of him. And I thought that was cool. And then. So, if we're going most talented, is, uh second most talented in the first iteration of the Lakers uh, with Kobe and Shaq, definitely Eddie Jones. Um, right. He's an all-star. Ooh, and, good uh, one. Potentially so Nick Van Axel. Definitely Eddie Jones. And then the second iteration, it was... Uh, it was easily Pal Gasol. Yeah. So. Yeah, my yeah, experience. But, but, but as well. Eddie Jones, yeah. like I think they had four all-stars, I All Stars. One of the don't think they Eddie had. Jones. Yeah, they that, that 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 year, Kobe's first All Star, I think they were I think the Lakers had four NBA All Stars with Van Axel and Eddie Jones. But it's it's definitely Eddie Jones was um a monster on both ends. So Absolutely. I would say him. I always saw the that's-
4: end of Eddie Jones' career with the heat. So I didn't Devils- really get to see him prime.
1: That was a good grab, Ben, because I was going to mention that Kobe Bryant didn't start until Eddie Jones got traded away. That is right. That is absolutely right. Yep. That's how good Eddie Jones was. People forget, not the most memorable player in NBA history, but Eddie Jones was a really good player. Yeah. Really Really good. good. Yeah. And um, to continue, I'm just going to go down, because Kobe played 20 years with the Lakers, so I'm just going to go start rattling off some names of some players that maybe we didn't remember. Nick Van Ansel was good too. Nick Van Ansel was really good. He was, I think he was his best years is with Denver, but Nick Van Ansel, yeah, he was he was good. He was good. He played Kobe played his last season with Byron Scott, who, you know, won championships with um Magic Johnson. Um and Ooh. I mentioned Robert Ory, Derek Fisher. Robert Ory was so clutch. One of the big most time. clutch big you yeah, know, big shot Here's the name, Cedric Sabalos. <laughs>
2: gosh mr blindfold slam dunk yeah. contest cedric sabalos yeah
1: yeah rick fox who's a good who's a good player
2: he's a solid player
1: yeah he's a solid player brian shaw Numbers i'm yep. just going through the first the first three p lakers right now ron harper uh glenn rice and then you know towards the end um he actually played with gary Payton and carl malone as well Yes, sir. Yeah. Was they initiative. were ring, yeah. ring
3: chasing. Ring yeah, chasing. yeah that there. was that famous ring chase film. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then they lost to uh, Detroit, I want to say. This. Yeah, I mean, I they, got, they got
4: there. They just couldn't close the deal.
2: It's funny you mentioned, uh, not Robert Horry, uh, what's his name, Ron Harper and then Horace Grant. It just seems that when yeah. Phil Jackson got there, all those former Bulls started being attracted to that team. Yep. That's right.
1: So uh, let's talk about the first 3P, because the first 3P, like Shaq said in a clip, nobody's done it since. What was your thoughts on the first 3P Lakers? Just how dominant they were, just just the talent they had on their team with Phil Jackson as a head coach. Ben, what you got?
3: It's interesting because they traded away all-stars to get 3 and D role players. And again, not to talk about recent chips, but Denver kind of has their two stars. are like, okay, we got our two stars. We need veterans who have rings and experience. We need our Rick Foxes. We need our Robert Ory's. Derek Fisher kind of ascended to be a leader. And so they traded Nick Van Axel and they traded um, they traded uh, Eddie Jones, who are all-stars. So it's interesting what they did, how they ended up, how that team, because those teams were winning. Kobe Bryant's rookie year, I think they won 61 games, I believe. So they were already like a 60-win team, yeah, yeah, and they had to figure out the pieces. So it's interesting going back, thinking back to my middle school years of uh, that <laughs> how, how they – looking back at how they yeah. accomplished that. You have to add vets. You got to add defenders. It can't just be um, – but it would have been interesting to see if Eddie Jones stayed, what that would have looked like. Mm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I do remember big, big before, uh, before your ride goes, I do remember they couldn't get over the hump against Utah. Yes, and remember that. Remember the the, um, the game, the end of the game, where Kobe airballed a yeah. couple shots. Yeah. I was going to mention yeah. I was yeah, gonna that. Yeah, that was part it. of his maturation. He definitely learned from that. I,
2: so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Simply because that was a big deal. I watched that live on TV, and I was like, "All right, he shot an airball, and then Maurice he shot another, and then yeah. Lucas he shot a third. I was like, yeah. "What is going on?" And then later on, Kobe said, "Look." I, I could have made that shot. He just wasn't strong enough. He didn't have the – like, he, it was on target. But like you said, as part of his maturation mm-hmm. uh, as a player, as far as that team, look, New Jersey didn't have a shot. The Sixers didn't have a chance, even though they snuck in and, and got that game one. And the Pacers didn't have a shot just because Shaq was so dominant. And yeah. Kobe in that Pacers series turned into the Kobe that, that we – came to know, which yeah. is dominant in clutch, yeah, all those role players that you were mentioning in order to get that roster constructed they had to they had to sacrifice some of the flash, some of the youth, Nick van Exel, Eddie Jones, so they could get the right players around Shaq and Kobe, which was critical for what they needed to accomplish to to get the three p absolutely
4: yeah. I didn't watch too much basketball at that time, so I'm mm-hmm. going off of highlights and stats. But Lucas I will is say, this. with Legos, you playing was, with Legos? I, I was not a Legos kid, actually. Believe me, I was. I'm sorry. Play-Doh. More of a you more of a transformers, transformers kid. If I am being okay, honest, Transformers. Like
1: transform. yeah, okay.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Power Rangers, Transformers,
1: Beast stuff. There you go. Whoa, oh, that was, that,
4: that's when I got started on it. That's when I got started. Don't,
2: don't ever tell anyone you watch Power Rangers. I'm sorry.
4: Hey, hey, hey! Now, hey now! Don't be hating. Don't be hating. Power Rangers. Go ahead. Let's go. Anyway, so. Getting back to the topic at hand here, I will say this, Kobe needed Shaq to win those championships, let's be crystal clear, and being Shaq's teammate, I think, helped him realize the importance of being, you know, f- prepared, because Shaq wasn't, and even Shaq admitted this, that if he Shaq trained as much as Kobe did, they would have won like 10 championships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Shaq was like, I think at one point, towards the end of that three P, he was like three hundred and sixty pounds. I want to say three eighty. Yeah, like he, he was, was pretty a big, big kid. Yeah, I say kid. He's probably, he was my <laughs> he's age now, a big but man, like, but he's a big man. He's a big guy. He's you know, a big Power Ranger. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like a kid. You can't even use that against. Could me. you
2: imagine Shaq in a
4: Power Ranger outfit, guys? I could. Oh my gosh. that's the thing. Wow. I could. Wow. <laughs> It'd be a fantastic. Big Shaq Pink Power Ranger. Hey, hey, you know what? Right now, Shaq, shout out to him for all those uh, turning Papa John's around, because that could have been a disaster for that company. Shout out to him. Tycoon, for sure. Uh, That being said, I didn't really know how good Eddie Jones was because I only saw him with the heat at the end of his career. I can't say, like, what I will say is that I know pretty much from 2005 on, so pretty much after the dismantle of that team. So I can really talk more to those players.
1: Let's talk about Kobe's second back-to-back championship run. Completely different roster, with the exception of one person. Derek Fisher. Yeah. He was there again. Yeah. <laughs> he was there again. He didn't leave
4: for two years, though. He left for two years for Utah. He got paid. He got paid. Yeah. He got paid. He got his money, yeah. and then he came back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Kobe's second iteration, he played with guys like Trevor Ariza, Andrew Bynum. Mm-hmm. You know, when Brown. Andrew Bynum was actually good. Paul Gasol. Uh, Lamar Odom, that three right there was really the championship core for the Lakers, mm-hmm. Kobe, Gasol, and Odom. Agreed. Odom Odom yeah. was very underrated. Mm-hmm. He they was one had of the, the
4: first, deepest front court that I've ever seen.
1: I would say just to give Lamar Odom his fouls real quick, he was mm-hmm. one of the first players of this generation where he was tall, lanky. He could dribble the ball, he can pass, he could shoot. He was really like the five tool player that. We see all the time now in NBA. Yeah. Swiss
4: yeah. Army knife. Yeah. You know, yeah. if he if he was playing in today's NBA, I think he would have been a multi time all star.
1: But I think I part
4: of the issue was that they didn't know how to use him back then.
1: I agree. I agree.
4: Outside of his um, personal issues, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Um who else? Jordan Farmer, Sasha Vucevic. Uh, <laughs>
2: you're,
1: stealing, you're stealing his thunder. Yeah, you're, th- been I, going, I you're going going you. down the list here, but uh Shannon <laughs> Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown. And a former player that we talked about this episode before, Metal World Peace.
4: Yep. Mm-hmm. Ron
1: Artest. Yeah, Ron Artest. The guy, the guy has been around, I'll say that much.
4: Um
1: Matt Barnes? So that, yeah, Matt Barnes as well. Matt Barnes. I didn't mention Matt Barnes. yet. Matt Barnes. Uh Steve Blake. Uh oh, Theo was... I forget the Ravit played with the Lakers. Was he? Oh, uh, he did. I forgot about that. The 2010-2011 season. That must have been his last season. And to wrap up, um Kobe's last season, he played with guys like um, D'Angelo Russell. He was more of a mentorship at, mentor at this point in his career. Uh D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, you know, some of the guys who's making an impact in the NBA today. Do you guys think that Kobe got the best out of all the teammates he ever played with? No. No? No.
4: No. I don't think so. And he, he, the same problem that he had with Jordan's cause sometimes Kobe was too mean. And <laughs> okay. for some so, some guys, <laughs> I mean that's a good way to put it. Doesn't I mean, work. Yeah. Some some yeah. Guys, <laughs> guys that doesn't work. It doesn't work for Dwight. It didn't right. work for that's for uh yeah what's his, his name? Had... Uh what with uh, uh Kwame Brown. You mm-hmm. know, it didn't work for some guys. <laughs> Like, Kobe rubbed some guys the wrong way, and that's that's just
1: yeah. part of the game. And it's the same thing with Jimmy, because we mentioned Jimmy had problems with Minnesota. When you're that competitive, you, mm-hmm. when you're that high of a competitive person, you're going to piss off some players. I mean, right. we hear the stories about Michael. He punched Steve Kerr in practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're that competitive... And you just want the best, you just want to be the best you could possibly relate that rubs off on your teammates. Yeah. Either that can rub them off on a good way or rub them off in a bad way and you have problems there. But yeah. we see it from the grace as well. So I, I get what you're saying, Lucas. Right?
2: Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you interrupt me because that's that is a phenomenal point. You're talking about really? the practices and, and the expectations of people around you. Not everybody responds to that tough love, to that overly competitive, overzealous spirit of wanting to be on top. Kobe had that, and that's what he was known for. And players, just like with the Chicago Bulls, players admitted Jordan was a jerk sometimes, but mm-hmm. they knew that that was necessary for them to achieve their goal. And I think the same thing is for for the Lakers. As far as getting the best out of players, I think it worked for some, didn't work for others. I yeah. think it worked for Bynum. Because as you saw when Bynum Mm. was not with Kobe and he went to the Sixers, that didn't work out well. There was no one to hold him accountable. uh, Yeah. yeah. You know, that guy's bowling and and he hurts his knee bowling and didn't even suit up for the Sixers. He got paid though. But the point is, is I, I just look back at that time. Kobe, let's just be real, he was languishing in as a Laker because Shaq left. And he couldn't win anything until he got a solid front court, like Lucas said, a solid center that helped play defense. Paul Gasol was did everything; he passed, score, and then the Swiss Army Knife, like you mentioned. Uh, it's funny, like that team really you could lift it up and put it on the '96 Bulls. You had you had Odom, which was Pippen for Kobe. Right. You had Ron Artest or Metta World Peace, which was Rodman for Kobe, and then you had phil jackson pulling all the pieces together so i think he did get the most out of players but like you were saying he did rub some guys the wrong way
1: now that we've set up the debate with all the facts on jimmy Butler and kobe Bryant, it's time for you to make your case
4: At this point, it's not about our opinion.
1: It's about yours.
2: We will see you on your favorite social media platform. Ready to check out your takes? Chime in on our Instagram at NBA underscore now and then underscore pod. On Twitter or X at NBA underscore now and then. And on our Facebook page, NBA now and then so that's it guys we appreciate you guys tuning in we're gonna come back with some more great content more great comparisons not just player comparisons we've got some really cool categories that we kind of tipped our hat to earlier in this episode but anyway we'll see you guys next time take care peace
1: see you